0: If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you the rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast and everything you need is all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup's like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify, with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish a video podcast to Spotify. Spotify. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. A Kentucky legend, the Lion of Whitehall. Welcome to Uncommon History of the South Podcast, where we uncover little-known facts of uncommon history. History is full of curious stories you will never discover in any textbook. We uncover fun facts about historical people, interesting places, and everything in between. Hello and welcome to Uncommon History of the South Podcast. I'm Brian, and I'm Harold. And this is a part two of a Kentucky legend, the Lion of Whitehall, Cassius Clay. So where are we going to pick up this time and and start on this one? We're going to start, I know he was a newspaper man. He owned a a newspaper in Lexington, Kentucky.
1: Yes, an anti-slavery newspaper called The True American. Um, Yeah, he started that in, I think it was 1845. And he he picked the worst place, Brian, I guess you could ever pick (laughs) to publish an anti-slavery newspaper. And that was two blocks from Cheapside, which was the largest slave market, probably in Kentucky, <laughs> yeah. or one of the largest.
0: Talking about poking the hornet's nest, uh, he was right there and, in the middle of it.
1: And again, I'm, I'm, this is a this is a guy that you know he doesn't have any fear, but he also I don't know if this was a, surely he knew that he would that was a.
0: I'm sure he did it on purpose, just knowing a little bit about his character, that he he, he was a fearless man, and he was passionate in his beliefs about anti-slavery. So he was going to get right in the middle of it and make a statement.
1: Well, it was a a two-story building, I think, maybe three stories. I don't know. He he, right away, he covered the doors with sheet iron (laughs) to make it hard to break into because he knew he was going to have problems. You know, I mean, he knew that was unpopular. So he also uh, bought a couple cannon, had a couple bronze cannon cast in Cincinnati, and, <laughs> and he, he had him. He had his own uh, militia he, set up there. Yeah, he, you don't want to mess with this building, I'm telling you. It, it, he had a one pointed at the front door loaded with nails, and one pointed at the back door loaded with nails. <laughs> and um, then he uh, had some several spears and pikes uh, in the in the office to do for anybody there working or helping him to defend himself as well as the guns and and the thing. But the need is... So
0: if anybody came looking for a fight, they they were going to get get one. One.
1: Yeah, now, if he couldn't handle that crowd, he had an escape hatch to get out of there, and he had uh, several pounds of black powder put into place that he could light the fuse and, and slip out the back and blow the whole thing up with everybody in it. <laughs> so he, he meant business. He was,
0: it was well thought out. Yeah, well thought out. So he he was a prepper before people
1: <laughs> really started prepping. Exactly. Uh, and uh, so this paper went on for a, a few, maybe a few months, I think, if I remember correctly. And, um, of course, the, there was a, a group of Lexingtonians who were slave owners called the Committee of Sixty. That,
0: um, was there any notable people of that time? Yeah, either? Henry
1: Clay's son, his own cousin's son, was the secretary of the Committee of Sixty. Really? So they were uh, they were bent on shutting this paper down. Um, they had uh, he had actually contracted typhoid fever, um, and at this time he was living in Lexington with his new wife, and he had contracted typhoid fever and was bedridden for two or three weeks. Well, when they found out about that, they went and got kind of a, like a bogus court order from a judge that would um, that was
0: sympathetic to yeah, their cause. Yeah,
1: yeah, probably you know somebody they pay off or whatever. But anyway, they got this bogus court order, so they went. They broke in the place, they took all the machinery, and I think they said they shipped it to Cincinnati, north of the Ohio <laughs> River. So uh, Clay, um, he he heals up and uh, he starts publishing the True American in uh, in Cincinnati. So this goes on for a while. Uh, he actually takes this committee of 60 to court and, uh, and uh, sues them for $2,500 for damages done to his office and machinery and interrupting the publication of the paper.
0: So does he ever move the paper back to Lexington? No. Okay, so it no. Remained, after that it stays yep. in Cincinnati. It stays in
1: Cincinnati. Um, I've seen several copies of it. Uh, he, he did a wonderful job with research, and it was a very scholarly publication. And uh, he he won the court case. He got his—he got it. He was awarded the $2,500. But about that time, the Mexican War starts. So uh, he decides to join the Army. Okay. So he uh, enlists, I think, in Louisville. Um, They travel down uh, to—through Arkansas and down into Texas. Now,
0: did he gather troops here locally from Kentucky with him to go, or did he just volunteer and go into the army, and then was assigned? Up,
1: to- I'm not aware of if, if he took any troops with him. Um, I know he he just joined. Um, so he just basically
0: signed up and joined the army and got, right. received his commission.
1: Right. So then he goes to uh, Mexico. Um, it's 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 a real interesting story, I guess, down there. If uh, his exploits, and we don't have time to go into all that, but. Um, he, uh, he, he buffalo hunts for a while down there for, to, to provide meat for the troops. Um, he goes into great description in his memoirs of talking about the the land and uh, the flora and fauna of the area and even some of the people there. But I think some he was served under Major J.P. Gaines, and they were out um, in an area there, and I think they had gotten some bad intelligence about where the enemy was because they, they woke up one morning and they were surrounded. Wow. So he was taken as a prisoner of war. And uh, they were taken into Mexico City and uh, they were actually gonna execute him. Um, Clay, this is where he, uh, his bravery again, he just, he's cool headed, he he can think when most people would be really rattled. He had a very clear head. And he just stepped out and told the officials there, they stuck a sword to his throat and a pistol to his head and he told him, he said, if you're going to execute someone, said start with me.
0: Wow, and, and how uh, was that received?
1: Well, they they, uh, they must have admired his bravery because uh, he saved their lives, and uh, he did, the, the, none of them were executed. Uh, he was still held prisoner for a period of time, and then they were rescued later. Um, he comes back to Lexington, and because of his uh, Mexican War exploits, the. Uh, citizens of Lexington had a wonderfully jeweled sword made for him and uh, if you go to uh, his house today in Whitehall there in Madison County Kentucky you can see that sword and it is inscribed from the grateful citizens of Lexington for his heroism in the Mexican War and you
0: just so happened to visit and I just saw there it today. today and I so, just saw
1: it today wow. so yes
0: okay so he was quite the speaker mm-hmm. so uh, what how you know, I, I guess he's like one of these old-time politicians that could jump up on the stump and and draw a crowd and keep your attention. So,
1: well, there was a story about him, and I I don't know if this is true. I can't remember if he actually wrote this himself, but th- but uh, several people that have researched Clay said that he carried three things to the speaker stand with him. Um, said so he carried a, a, the Bible, uh, he carried a copy of the Constitution, and he carried a a Colt, Revolver, and a Bowie knife. (laughs) And he said that uh, for those of you here that oppose the laws of God, he said, I present to you the Holy Bible. He said, for those of you that are here that oppose the laws of this country, of this great democracy, he said, I present to you the Constitution. And by God, for those of you who oppose me, meet Mr. Colt and Mr. Bowie. So... (laughs) he, <laughs> he had all the bases covered. Yeah, he he, 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 didn't, he wasn't playing messing around. Yeah. So it, this this served him. This approach, I guess, served him pretty well. He was in many fights, um, and um, the one of notable fights was a place in, it was called Russell's Cave. It was north of Lexington, Kentucky. And by the way, this cave is still there, and the rock wall is still around this that uh, where this happened. There used to be a house there that uh, has been torn down a few years ago, but um, it, was, it was still the house that was there where this political rally was held. So Clay was called uh, or invited to speak. Um, there was a, a fellow there by the name of Sam Brown who was a, a political opponent. Uh, he called Clay a political bully. Uh, there was hard words exchanged. And then Brown uh, hit him with an umbrella.
0: <laughs> i know where this is going yeah yeah
1: well which you know if you're gonna go fight clay i don't suggest you take an umbrella you might <laughs> well take something a little
0: brass knuckles something so but not an umbrella and
1: uh, he and clay was probably outnumbered to 10 to 1 maybe i don't know you're right in the middle of a prominent slave holding area i mean come on it could have been a fair fight no but clay could make it fair so right um he lunged at brown he pulled his bowie knife and he lunged at brown and uh people grabbed him from behind and uh he couldn't get loose to to fight and he was struggling with them trying to get to brown and brown was pulled a, a colt revolver and shot him attempted to shoot him in the chest well he shot but clay just kept coming uh clay Hit him in the skull with this bowie knife and split a big three inch incision on top of his head. He cut out one of his eyes, Brian, cut off part of his ear. And the crowd finally got a clay under control and they throwed Brown over that rock wall down into this spring. This cavern—it's almost like a cave. There, they threw him over there for, to keep him from killing him. <laughs> oh man! So, <laughs> you know,
0: I wonder what politics would be like today oh. if all that went on. Oh my
1: goodness! He—he he was a, uh, again. I mean, you know, you—you you just can't imagine what it was like to mess with this guy. And um, the 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 when he shot, the bullet hit his knife scabbard, which is a has a has a German silver throat around it, and this bullet hit that scabbard and th- kept it from... So the
0: scabbard was inside his jacket yeah. or
1: his vest right. or something? Uh-huh. Okay. and it kept the bullet from penetrating him, and he he basically just left a... He said a little pink spot on his chest. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Brown?
1: Well, I guess he went to the hospital. <laughs> well, I mean, did he die from the no, injuries? He, or no, he, I don't they, think he died, but it said he was greatly disfigured. I mean, uh, oh, imagine. can you imagine? Yeah. I, I don't know.
0: So... What about
1: uh, the Civil War? Okay. um, Uh,
0: What kind of role did he have or what did he do during the Civil War?
1: Well, as tensions built, uh, it it was obvious that in a few months, maybe even a year or so before the war, this was where this was headed. And uh, the reason we have wars is there's no compromise. And there was no no room for compromise from either side. And um, so Clay... uh, Felt very strong. He campaigned for Lincoln, uh,
0: so he did support Lincoln. Yes, for, he did wh- his support for president. Yes,
1: uh huh, and he he uh, he admired Lincoln, I think, very much, uh, and he was proud that he was born in Kentucky, like he was, you know, and so uh, he went well, to you Washington. had
0: all, uh, Jefferson Davis as well. All three were been right, born. Right.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. So he went to Washington and formed a battalion. Uh to defend the White House, uh, defend Washington. And there's a famous picture of him standing out with this Washington battalion of men there to defend the, defend the White House. Um, Lincoln must have appreciated, uh, Clay's work. I mean, he, he, he knew Cassius Clay very well. And, and I think maybe, I don't know, this, some of the historians I know have, have debated this topic, but um, he, he gave him an appointment as a minister to Russia. Now, um, Clay really needed a job, and one of the mm-hmm. things we haven't talked about is sometimes his financial situation got pretty dire because he was uh, so involved in politics and in uh, his anti-slavery work that he wasn't making any money. So um, it didn't take long till there was times that he was really needing money, and I think this is one of the times he needed a job. I mean, he needed an income. So Clay appointed him as minister to Russia. How long
0: did he serve? Do you know?
1: um, I'll have to look the dates up, but I'm thinking six or seven years. It was like two different times. His wife went with him over first, and then they came back, and then he went back. But uh, I think Cassius Clay uh, fit very well in over there with the Russian uh, uh, patriarchal system back then. And uh, I think one of the great uh, injustices to Cassius Clay was that he was probably more responsible for us, uh, purchasing Alaska from the Russians than, than anybody. You know, Seward, Seward received the, uh, the, all the accolades for that. But trust me, Cassius Clay laid the groundwork through, uh, friendships with that family. In our next podcast, we may go into the, his russian experiences and some of the stories about him over there and so forth
0: okay well i think that's a good place to end so we'll looks like we're going to do a part three to the uh, line of whitehall Cassius clay Uh, thank you for being part of uncommon history of the south podcast Uh, if you'd like to help support our podcast please share our podcast with your friends Uh, leave a five-star review and a comment this will help others find our podcast on all the major platforms and make sure to friend us on facebook